Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, and we're back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing good. I appreciate y'all joining me for a little bit. I know y'all have other things to do with your time, so I'm grateful that you spend a little, as always, here with me. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and help it grow, I'm incredibly grateful for that as well. So, thank y'all so much. Hopefully, you learn a little something and and hopefully, even if just a little bit, it's helping our country some. So we're going to take one of our little walks down the dirt road. I have, well, I had one dog, but we're down to none right now. We'll see if they come back. I don't know what else we'll find along the way. Got a couple of quotes that I would like to get to if we can, um, maybe even a third one, we'll just see how it goes. A lot of times, and I'm sure most of y'all have experienced this in your life, sometimes when we're real close to an issue or real emotional about it, it's hard for us to really see things clearly. Um, that's not always the case, but often. And so what I would like to do is I'd like to read a couple of quotes from some outside observers about America and really about her founding and the core of what makes America, America. Because I think today it's pretty clear that we're kind of having a crisis of identity as to who we are and we've forgotten who we are. And along with it, I'm going to read a couple of Bible verses. This is out of, which I have recommended before and will continue to recommend as a great resource if you're interested in the founding of our country and how our country was originally intended to function, the Patriot's Bible. And I think you'll see why I'm going to read them in just a minute. So we're going to start with just uh, the first 10 or 12 verses out of Psalm 33. If you're not familiar with the Bible, folks, you can go look it up anywhere online. And this one, this particular psalm is titled, The Sovereignty of the Lord in Creation and History. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever the plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen 
as his own inheritance. So I'm going to stop with that last one. That was verse 12. Because this first quote is by Charles Malik, if I'm saying that right. I think I've talked about this a little bit before, perhaps, or maybe read a different quote by him. He was an ambassador to the United Nations from Lebanon, and he was president of the 13th session of the United Nations General Assembly. And in 1959, this is his quote, The good in the United States would never have come into being without the blessing and power of Jesus Christ. Whoever tries to conceive the American word without taking full account of the suffering and love and salvation of Christ is only dreaming. I know how embarrassing this matter is to politicians, bureaucrats, businessmen, and cynics. But whatever these honored men think, the irrefutable truth is that the soul of America is at its best and highest Christian. There's another little caveat, little side note. Dwight Eisenhower placed his hand on Psalm 3312 when he took the presidential oath of office in 1957. I'm going to read that one more time. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. That flies directly in the face, folks, of a lot of what we hear today and what we've really heard for about the last half century, uh, that America is a secular nation, that America, that our founders never intended for the Bible or God or Jesus Christ to be associated with our public policy, our institution, that our politicians kind of, if they believed in God at all, that they should really check that at the door and leave that in a closet somewhere else and not talk about it. Uh, we see that blatantly in education today, uh, which is really pretty, uh, maybe more damning or damaging than in politics simply because that's where we teach our children. That's where we raise the next generation of men and women that are going to lead our country. And so what Mr. Malik was saying is he was getting at, no matter how inconvenient a truth it is, it's still the truth. Just because you don't like the truth doesn't make it untrue. Uh, we, there's definitely quite a few of us today that could use to hear that more often. He's saying at its heart and soul, the thing that made America great is Jesus Christ. This was after World War II, after the Korean War, both of which were pretty... defined a lot of events in that part of the 20th century. And this guy was heading up the United Nations, which if you know anything about the United Nations today, that's a completely different tune than what we hear out of them again. And I think it would be, you'd be real hard pressed to say that the United Nations didn't function better back in the 1950s than it does today. The point though, folks, is that no matter what we do, we can talk about our Bill of Rights, we can talk about the amendments, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. We can talk about the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. We can talk about all sorts of stuff, but 
if we take Jesus Christ, God, and the Bible out of the equation, none of that stuff matters. It doesn't do us any good if we don't, and I know I use this quote all the time, and there's a reason, because it's so true and so valid. If we don't have a moral and religious people, like President Adams said, again, talking about from a, you know, people that followed the principles of Christ, none of the other stuff matters. It does us no good without Jesus Christ. And it's fascinating to me that we, we've forgotten all this and we don't teach it and we don't seem to even know it today. I have one puppy dog that decided to come back. Rocky's going to hobble along beside us, I think. And then it's, it's even more fascinating to me that Eisenhower placed his hand on that psalm it's really not fascinating to me that he did it. It's just, I think it's amazing, A, that we, you know, most of us don't even know that today. And B, that this man survived one of the greatest trials, really led us through it, you could make the argument, at least to a, a large degree, World War II. You know, he was one of our great generals uh, and really directed I won't say all of it by any means, but some major events that led to victory. And that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that we ought to believe it out of hand, folks, but it sure gives some credence to the fact that our nation, our functionality as a nation depends on our tie to Jesus Christ. So the next one we're going to read is interestingly enough, is by another general uh, that survived World War II. Not an American general. I don't know if y'all can hear it, but the, the frogs have started to chatter quite a bit in the background. So. so this was, well, first of all, this is associated with a verse out of Hosea 8. And it said, for Israel has forgotten his maker. And so the quote associated with this is by Carlos Romulo. And he was a Philippine general, renowned for his wartime heroics in World War II. And he stated, never forget, Americans, that yours is a spiritual country. Yes, I know you're a practical people. Like others, I have marveled at your factories, your skyscrapers, and your arsenals. But underlying everything else is the fact that America began as a God-loving, God-fearing, God-worshipping people. And I think there's a couple things interesting there, kind of go along with Mr. Malik's quote earlier. One, he said that... Even, even if you want to look at all the achievements in our country, you can't separate them from our faith in God and Jesus Christ. That's, that's why we're successful. And the second thing is, he talks about that that is the way we were founded. And so often today you hear this just absolute lie of the modern twisting again, which we talk about so often, of separation of church and state, which was never intended 
by our founders. We had a, somebody was talking to me about it or had a comment somewhere this week about the Constitution and how great it was. And they were talking about, I can't remember what facet of it, but it brought to mind Benjamin Franklin's request, the Constitutional Convention was looked like it was going to fall apart. They were really struggling. And Franklin got up during part of that and, and said, basically, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, folks. He said, we need to start each session with a prayer. We're not going to make it. We're going to end up destroying ourselves if we don't turn to God for guidance. And this is what... General Romalo, Romalo again, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, this is what he was saying is this is the way we started and we can't have America without this foundational, these foundational principles of Jesus Christ. Even, I haven't said this in a while, folks, probably, and I need to more often. America was not created so that only Christians could be Americans. I've never said that and I never will. It's absolutely not true. But... Our founders, our great leaders, and as you can see here, even people outside the country knew that if we didn't have a people that followed the principles of Christ, we couldn't have our country. We can't have it both ways, folks. We can't pretend like we're successful on our own without God. And there's so many, every single, I've read a quote here before, every single page of our history illustrates this. And this is exactly why we're struggling so much today, folks, in our, our marriages, our families, our communities as a nation, because we want to pretend that we don't need God as a country and that our foundation isn't dependent upon our relationship with Him. And it's ironic because so many people outside of our country see it so clearly, and yet we hear seem unable or unwilling, maybe that's more likely, to acknowledge that connection. If we have any hope of turning this thing around, folks, we're going to have to get back. Before we talk about any rights or anything else, we're going to have to get back to God and our relationship with Him. And it's going to have to be in action and not just in words. At any rate, folks, I think I've taken enough of y'all's time. I sure do appreciate it, and as always, wherever you are, folks, in your sphere of influence, whether you're a stay-at-home mom with one kid or five kids, whether you're a, a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher or whatever it is that you do, plumber, electrician, construction worker, cowboy, whatever it is, folks, that you do, you have influence. You've got a sphere of influence, and if we can all just spread a little bit of light in this darkness, a little bit of truth, it's going to turn into a lot. So be encouraged about that, folks. Take heart, and we will talk to you all again real soon. God bless you all. God bless America.